We are delighted that you're joining us for another podcast of Wake Up Align, and it is the podcast for chiropractors, where we get to talk about chiropractic, chiropractic lifestyle, and topics of interest. You can contact us through our email, and that is mailbag at amcfamily.com. Welcome back to another podcast of Wake Up Aligned. We are here with a very special guest, and I honestly expect this one to be a two-parter. We're going to have a lot to cover today, a lot of ground to cover, but uh, our special guest is the Dr. Jared Wayland. Welcome, Dr. Jared. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Shannon. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Glad that you're here. Uh, first things first, I just want you to introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, tell them a, a little bit about yourself. Let them get to know you. Yeah, as you said, I'm, I'm Dr. Jared from Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and I'm in Southeast Missouri. I've been in practice for about 12 to 13 years now. I graduated from Palmer College of Chiropractic, and um, in, in Cape, I really, really would like to share a couple things with you, Dr. Shannon. Sure. And I want to go backwards before Cape Girardeau, if it's okay, to kind of where my story began, because when I first graduated Palmer in 2008, it was one of those situations where um, I believed that my technique would carry me to success. And what uh, was your technique? Knee, chest, upper cervical specific, KCUCS. So okay. knee, chest guy, upper cervical guy. And I don't want to drone on about this, but I really recognize now that I would have been what you would consider arrogant, proud, prideful, just things that you would not want to be. But I was so confident in the work of chiropractic and my technique. And I, I'd been on mission trips and saw miracles. I was really juiced up, passionate, excited about chiropractic. So I thought that because I graduated and I have a license and I have technique, I can just go off and, and live this vision and live this purpose and just kill Save it. the world. Save the world. Mission. And, and you know, it, what a great mission. What a great purpose. And I think that as chiropractors, we should all have that purpose and that vision. But I was just, I was getting ahead of myself to a degree because I had no knowledge of, of running a business and talking to patients, explaining to patients what chiropractic truly was. I, there's, I didn't know how to pay a bill, manage a staff person. There's just so much I just didn't know. And I had no idea I didn't know. And also, to be fair with you, I've probably been taught a lot of crazy things to some degree or mm-hmm. things that maybe weren't right for me even, I would say, that I was taught by, I would say, chiropractic gurus. The idea that we had opened a practice, I had a partner, we said, we want to serve the world. And because of that, we want to have a box in the wall practice. And for those who don't know, that means you have a donation-based practice, meaning that people, the idea is that, and it's, it's true, I believe still, you can't put a value on chiropractic care and the adjustment. And so because we couldn't put a value in our minds, we would say, hey, there's a box in the front door, just put money away at what you think it's worth. But when you put no value on it, very often people don't value it. We didn't recognize that and we didn't know how to build the value. So even if we're going to do that, we had no idea how to explain chiropractic in a way that would even build value sure. anyway. So just a, just a disaster. And as I think about that, we were doing bad in practice and, and I was, it seems like I'm being like funny here. I'm not joking. I actually lived in a yoga mat in my friend's parents' basement. I would roll up the yoga mat at the end of the night. I would sleep and I'd get up and work in practice. I'd roll my yoga mat out. And I'd sleep there again the next day. And I did this for a bunch of months in a row. And we kept working hard and doing what we're doing. People were getting help and we're seeing people changing their health. And eventually we had a little more success, but we just weren't making it. So we thought, well, why not? Let's go all into insurance from mm. one bad move to the next bad move. Right. And again, we made some more money, but things were going bad. And my mentor, his name is Dr. Rob Kessinger. He said, hey, would you like to come down to Cape Girardeau and work down here in the clinic? I said, Absolutely. 
I would have loved to. I believe looking back, I recognized probably he saw how much I was struggling sure. and out of, I would say, care and love for me was trying to get me out of a tough, tough situation. And so I went down with him and I learned more about technique that I didn't even recognize I didn't know. So if you ever think you've arrived, just I would like to share with people that you probably haven't. When you think you have, you know it all. It's almost a guarantee you don't. And then I learned more about practice management and things like that as well. Um, so kind of fast forwarding a little bit here, I worked with him a few years and at some point he was ready to go back to his dad's clinic who had recently passed away. And he said, hey, I'd like you to take over the practice. And I was, I'm not naturally nearly as gifted as he is. I can put it that way. He's got a, gifted wonderful, in what way? He's got a wonderful personality, a wonderful way to explain things to patients. He has this genius where anything that's difficult, he can make simple. And when he explains it to people, it just seems easy for them to understand. But there wasn't a real system in place for, and even how he'd manage the staff and, and train the staff, it just was very much like watching a Mozart in action very often. And it's I personality. personality, I didn't have clearly the same personality. We had similarities, but I could never manufacture what he was and how he was and, and how great he was upper cervical care. And at the end of the day, I needed a system in place and I, I got involved with AMC. And um, so before I opened, I got involved with AMC and I started learning AMC systems. And I was like, man, I feel like because of the foundational tools that I'm learning, there's a path and, and there's, I would say, train tracks for me to stick to get on because I'm not a systems follower at all. I'm all over the place. We'll probably find that today in this podcast. Sure. But I got on the rails and I trusted AMC system. And when I took over the practice, we had not just kept it where it was. We had grown and then, and then year one, we had grown and year two, we had grown year three. We, I mean, every year in the past 10 years, we've grown. In, and I don't mean small increments, pretty substantial increments year to year. And, and for me, when I say grow, I mean, we're serving more people. We're caring for more people. We're seeing more, we're seeing more people's health restored. And really at the end of the day, and it's very important to me, we're ultimately having a staff that's in the mission and on purpose, and, and they love what's going on with chiropractic, and they love people, and we have a purpose to see souls one for Christ, and we're seeing people even saved in our practice, because my staff knows that at times it's okay to take the moment and say, can I pray with you? And there's these opportunities that having a system in place and a guardrail has actually given us more freedom and all their ways to, to be the people God's called us to be and do the things God called us to do. And so I just wanted to say that was a, a kind of a quick version. You might have more questions. It was really important to me, by the way, to stay in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. My wife is from there. And so I remember as we started striking out, looking at other cities, we never felt that uh, we were called necessarily to go other places. We felt called to be in Cape Girardeau, but there really wasn't the opportunity for me to be in Cape Girardeau because I didn't want to, I would say, dishonor my mentor by saying, I'm just going to open up next to you. I think he'd been okay with that if I really would have wanted to, but it just didn't seem appropriate to me at that oh, time, right. just based on sheer honor. I didn't want to do that. And again, he might even give me permission and said, that's acceptable and good, but I wanted to do what I felt was right in, in the eyes of God. And so we're looking and searching, another feeling led. And so Brooke and I, by that point, had been married only by that point, six months. And he goes to me, hey, I want to talk to you. I, I think that you should think about taking over this practice here. I'm, I'm ready to leave. And my wife was ecstatic about that. Sure. And so we've been able to be planted in the place we felt called by the Lord to be. And so to me, that's the right land, essentially, I would say. And I'm so happy to be there. But being there over time, just walk through this, we had some difficulties having children. Mm -hmm. And it was a struggle that we had been working on for, I would say, three or four years. And before you make the joke, yes, we know what causes babies after <laughs> Shannon. Um, but it was not coming easy for us. And we prayed about it and prayed about it. And finally, my son Judah was born, and it was such a blessing. And I, I remember, and now we have another son named Asher. So Judah is six, 
Asher's about to be four. He'll be four tomorrow, actually. Oh, wonderful. And so I get back tomorrow for his birthday. Wonderful. But it's one of those things that we get to be plugged into the community. And we know that that's where God's called us to be. And the boys are growing up in a community that we love. And we just love being there. And so it's just a real blessing. My, my little man. So I've been really involved in the community and wrestling for years and years. I wrestled a bit back in college and high school. And so I get the opportunity to, to, to coach my little boy who's six, like I said, now. And it's so much fun to do that. And little four-year-olds now saying, I want to wrestle dad. And he's not quite old enough, but he's almost there. And sure. so it's so much fun. Yeah. So yeah, such a blessing that chiropractic has been for me in my life. And yeah, just been an awesome ride so far. You talk about this journey to be where you are mm-hmm. and you always felt called to be there. Your wife is from that area. This is where you ideally wanted to be, but you were being respectful about that, uh, honoring that, that thing that you had perceived, right, with the mentor. I think there's a lesson there, Dr. Jared, and, and the lesson is many times I'll hear people say, I think God really wants me to do this. Why is it so hard? Mm-hmm. Why, do, why doesn't it just happen for me? Were there those moments where you were rolling up your mat after sleeping another night on the yoga mat? Were there, were there those moments where you were like, God, what, where are you right now? Because I feel like you're telling me I'm supposed to be doing things and it, this doesn't feel right to me. Yes. Yeah, so there's probably many moments like that. I will say even in my, I would say lowest of times, yoga mat. And then when I had an upgrade, by the way, I lived in my friend's grandma's attic on the, <laughs> on a mattress. So, these wow. were, and, but, but I got to tell you in both of those situations, I was still loving the fact that I got to help people with chiropractic care. And there was still a purpose and a mission behind that. Sometimes people, I would say, speakers I've heard over a lot of years now, will talk about all the people in the past in chiropractic that have been jailed to do chiropractic. Sure. And I've always thought to myself, if I was to be jailed for what I would do, I would try to do it very secretly mm-hmm. and not get caught, obviously, right. but I would keep doing it. And if somebody told me, and I, this is very sincere, they told me, hey, you couldn't make money from chiropractic anymore. You can't charge for it. It's illegal in some way. I would absolutely find a way to do it for now. I would have to have a different career to make money to support my family as well. Mm-hmm. But absolutely. So I've always felt on calling, but there, back to your earlier point, like there's be times like if God told me to do this, why is this so hard? I want to get to the essence of that for me. And I don't know this will speak to everybody. Sometimes we pray about things and we, we start to conflate or mix up what we're hearing from the Lord with a lot of our own desires. And in our own desires, we're, we're thinking we're hearing from the Lord uniquely, but we're mixing some things in there as well. It's not, it's not a pure vision maybe at that point in time. And I know that sometimes that God has called you to do things that are very hard and very difficult, and you have to push through and they're growing you and there's a purpose behind that, that difficulty. I fully understand that. But there's other times where things are difficult and you could clearly say, that God's got a different path for you and he's trying to open a door, trying to push you in a different direction. I hope that makes sense. I, I have this in my, in my spirit I want to share with you. Like there's this thing I say to myself a lot. When I start feeling off enough that I'm trying to push a vision to fruition or I'm trying to, I believe I'm called by the Lord to do something and I'm trying to make it go my own power. I've always found that if I try to make it go my own power, I try to kick down doors, it doesn't go as smoothly. But when God will open the doors, things usually go smoother for me. When it feels like just like Holy Spirit led, it's smoother. So there, biblically, and I'm just going to paraphrase this. I, I just say this to myself a lot. Like I know that Abraham was called to be the father of the nations, essentially. 
And God gave him this like vision, this purpose, this thing in his life. It's a, it a promise from the Lord, and it was a true promise. But in his impatience, in his own manly thinking, he says, well, I can't certainly do this, and my wife's too old, and so I'm going to go ahead and take the handmaiden, and we're going to have a child that way. And of course, they have Ishmael, and, but God, and that was a blessing, say, they have a child, whatever it might be. I don't know how to explain that well. I'm not a theologian, but that baby is born. But that really wasn't God's plan in the situation. God's plan was him and Sarah to have a baby, and eventually they have Isaac, and that was God's ultimate plan. So we can Ishmael a situation and force into existence by our own will, our own power. But even though we're trying to follow God's vision in that, it had been better just to be patient for God's timing as well and go through the Isaac version of that thing. And so that's something that I, I consistently think, and I recognize now looking back, I was undoubtedly thinking, oh, I didn't even pray about where I was going to go at that point into Chicago. I just... I had a friend, he says, this is where we should open. I say, hey, he said, we can make some money there. It's big market. In this big market, there's thousands of people to serve, millions of people to serve. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. And I think that's reasonable. But without prayer, I know it's called to help people. I essentially just forced something into existence that probably was never meant to be to begin with. And did I learn from that situation? Absolutely. And I'm grateful for those lessons. I'm not good with scripture. Do you know Philippians 4.12 by heart, by chance? Oh, no, you're putting the host on it's the okay spot. It's okay you don't That's, know it. I don't know I'm it. I'm going to look so. it up if it's okay that I do that. Yeah. Can I do that? Yeah, right? because okay. as, you're, as you're looking that up, I was going to ask you, do you come to that realization of God's plan and patience for God's plan or you kicking down doors? Do you come to that retrospectively or were you holding that perspective uh, as you were rolling up yoga mats? And it sounds like to me, that this is something that you have come to retrospectively with the maturity and that kind of thing. But just in the moment, you know, you, you still had your passion and your purpose to serve, but you had those, had those moments of doubt like anybody would. Right. And what's great about this is, and I don't know you like super well, but you know, men, uh, people are tempted to be, fully hubris and ego and that if you had fallen into Cape Girardeau from the very beginning and that like this thing just blossomed, like you were anointed the golden child, <laughs> you would not have the capacity to understand somebody else's struggle. Yep. You wouldn't have a, an appreciation or respect for that journey. You would never have the perspective and maturity you have right now. Right. And these are things that people don't understand in the moment. We all don't like the refinement in the moment. We all pray for that cup to pass. But over time, most of us come to learn a better understanding of ourselves, a better capacity to love and serve other people, specifically because those moments. You got the, the scripture? I, that's perfect. That's the trials for just two God's call us to be very often. I so agree. That's that so perfectly well said. And mm -hmm. The scripture will go right along with that okay. as well, because at the time, I probably didn't recognize this the same way, but it says, I know how to get along with humble means, and I know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. And of course, every knows 413, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. But yeah, you can because Christ is in you, but you have to learn to be satisfied or okay with when there's plenty and when there's little. And when you go through those trials, it teaches you that. Because if you just got it given to you, as you said, the golden child, my goodness, you would be so off track. Like, I, I know that 
all the things in the world that you could, the haves, the, the items, the houses, the cars, whatever it might be. If you, if you lose your path and what the Lord's called you to and who you are in Christ, those things are absolutely meaningless. And without those struggles, it becomes a whole lot easier to lose that path and get off into what the world's called you to. And it's so important to stay on focus and stay on purpose. And I think that, again, some people need the refinement. I hope that you can listen to this you can learn vicariously to say, hey, maybe I'm sitting here thinking, I know it all. I know the, the plan, but maybe there's a coach or a mentor out there that would be good for you that help you get to that plan faster. Because I think that you might have a saying, right man, right plan, right line. Is that right? That's correct. Right. And so the plan, the plan is, of course, follow Christ first and foremost, I would say probably. But there's a whole plan in terms of how you take care of your chiropractic office that makes it successful. I know there's the three the three-legged stool in chiropractic, philosophy, science, and art. And I would even argue you can be great at all those things, a master. And there's almost a fourth leg of that stool and make it a more of a chair. It's the aspect of running and actually dealing with the business aspects, mm-hmm. which, which is some, something we as servants tend to forget about. And if people come in your office and that place is in shambles and the staff is saying, sign in here, like it's, like it's the DMV or something, you're really not going to help as many people if you have a true servant's heart plus right plan and practice as well. You have to have a congruency in a chiropractic practice between three things. Your technique has to be congruent with your model of practice, mm-hmm. right? And when I say model of practice, it's your concept. Is it a box on the wall? Is it insurance? Is it high fee, low fee? There's art and people don't even understand there are different model or concepts to practicing. You understand it with restaurants. There mm-hmm. are high value restaurants. There are quick service restaurants. There's all these different concepts of restauranting that we're exposed to, but people don't understand chiropractic has that same. And then the third thing is uh, you got to have you know, your technique, your model of practice, your concept, and it has to be congruent with your business systems. If you're missing something out of those three or you have an incongruency in those three, you're not going to re- achieve your potential that you have right. to serve humanity. So I want to switch gears on you here a little bit. Uh, you mentioned Brooke, your wife. Yes. How'd you meet your wife? So we had been introduced through some friends, through church groups, essentially. That's how we met initially. I remember, you want to, can I elaborate a little bit about sure, that? Sure, please. My wife is always, she's just very funny. She's got a great sense of humor. I remember meeting her and thinking, just she's just a wonderful person. And, and we went out the first night we went out to dinner. And we had dinner together. I just remember thinking, this person is amazing. And within about, with about six months, we were engaged. And a bit, lo- bit longer, we ended up getting married, essentially. So it was almost like an interesting situation. Like, I prayed about those things, by the way. I didn't just <laughs> jump into oh, it. Your friend from Chicago didn't say, here's this person. No, you no, should no. get married. And no, you no, said, no. yes, so sir. Okay, I didn't good. move that fast from that situation. <laughs> Very good. But it was, you know, from day one, I could say, this is the person I'm probably going to marry. I could, I could say that from day one. It was really cool how that worked out. And, you know, I mean, I... It's just amazing how the Lord works things out. Because if it wasn't for probably that time in Chicago, that time at Palmer College of Chiropractic, right. the time me and my mentor, I probably wouldn't have been at Cape Girardeau and I wouldn't have my wife and I wouldn't have my two wonderful boys. And it's just, it's just amazing how even the difficulties, it's like you can see that if you look backwards in time, like the Lord's just connecting dots to get you where he needs to be at the right time for the right purpose. And so, yeah, it's just, yeah. So Thanks for bringing that up. I didn't think about that for a long time. Thank you. She was an interesting person. Yeah. She was funny. You yeah. liked her humor. That yeah. what did she see in you? Not being ugly, but what did she see in you? 
I don't know. You still don't know. I don't, do I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't probably answer that, but I do think that we just connected. I know that not every marriage starts this way, not every relationships, but I think that we both had a focus on Christ first right. and foremost in our lives. And I think that's what has connected us on a deeper level from the very beginning. I, I really do believe that. And I just shifting gears a lot. A lot of life is hard, meaning like practice life can be hard, raising kids can be hard, but marriage can be really hard. And I, I look back at all the moments and we're very different personalities and, you know, I'm a real intense person. She's really more of a person. There's, we have this joke and she talks about Enneagrams a lot. She calls me an eight, which I don't really know what that means, but she sent me these little like things on text, like these, you know, um, what are those things called? Memes, memes okay. and look funny little memes. And it'll say like an eight things that eight may say, or no, <laughs> it'll say, I'm just being honest. <laughs> Another one was I'm not yelling. And, and it's so funny because it's not like a week that goes by. She's like, why are you, why are you yelling? And I go, I'm not yelling at all. I'm just excited about this. I'm just talking to you about something. I'm not yelling. <laughs> Mr. Producer snacks. Is he yelling right now? He's yelling. Is See your your levels are off the chart. You're you're spiking the board. You are yelling. So we have we have documented proof you're yelling. <laughs> so it's so funny that the Lord can work through those things if you put Christ first in your relationships. And really, it, without Christ in our marriage, we would be probably not having those two boys. And so I'm just so I'm so humbled by all those things that are just so meaningful to me. I'm not talking about that for so long. I'm so appreciative you asked that question. It's my pleasure. Well, people are interested in that yeah. kind of stuff. So. Your friend from Chicago that said, let's go here and set the bu What's he doing now? He, this guy is, he's an awesome guy. It, my, my friend is a bit like a mad scientist, actually. Okay. And so him and I have been best of friends for going on 20 years now, essentially. And he's like, he's like a brother and he's definitely a brother in Christ. And so I've watched him along the way and his path, if I was on his path, would have, I don't know if I could have made the path. I'm not trying to tell you. So... I can tell you some details, but I don't want to share all of his story. Is it, is it shady? You're, no, you're, not shady you're at being all. evasive here and elusive. <laughs> it's, I'm being a little, I just want to not share his story. So he ends up leaving chiropractic at some point. Yeah. He keeps in practice and with insurance model, it's going okay. Actually he starts making more and more money at the time in 2008, nine, 10, 11. Chicago is one of the, the last beacons of great insurance coverage, essentially. And then one day, the insurance money just stops coming in. Mm. There's a delay. It's like six months delayed and a year delayed. Eventually, because he's sharp. And again, he's like a mad scientist, wicked smart, this kid. He's awesome. And he's like, well, I think we should do some weight loss clinics together. And I, anything, <laughs> sometimes you have to learn from some past things and sometimes you don't. And sometimes you keep pressing forward, making the same mistake. And, and it's not really a mistake. It's something that we decide, okay, we'll do it together. We're open some some more or less laser weight loss clinics together. And I'm more or less managing from afar and we've got people in place. And so we get, ends up with like almost 30 of these things around the country. Did you say 30? Almost 30 of them. Okay. Yeah. And this, this guy is sharp. And, but then there's more pressures and now we have to, he's got to increase overhead. He's like, we need to get a big loan. And like, I'm talking about like a million dollars and I'm not that guy. I'm not going to take that kind of money from the bank at that point. I'm like, I'm very conservative about things I'm doing and one step at a time, one round at a time type of thing, one punch at a time. And so I go, Doc, I just can't be on board with you with that. And so we decided that we're kind of part ways at that time. And he does, he does good with the laser weight loss. He's doing good for a long time and it's going smooth. And then he decides, hey, I don't want to have 30, 25 of these clinics running in space and managing all these people. And there's some things with that. And he's, it's not really his strength. His strength is to be like a starter and, and not to manage the process once it gets going. And so he's like, I'm going to go ahead and move to all internet sales. So he starts selling weight loss devices and 
online supplements and he's doing very well in that. He ended up buying, he wanted to get more out of that. He ended up buying a ranch recently out in Oklahoma. And him, I've gone into, we're doing like meat sales, things like that. And okay. so I'm still involved to an aspect where he handles a lot, but I'm still involved. And he's also right now, it's like genius stuff. He, with a designer out of Israel, he designed a product called the Pain Buster, which is like a home use cold laser. It's got infrared to it, it's got all these different devices, but it's like the strongest home use laser you can get like on the market. And he's doing this out of these devices out of Israel and selling them online. And, and I, he's, he's just like really doing well in areas and it's different path for a different person. And I can, I'm saying all that you say, he's wildly successful in his, in his own right. And he's doing very well in terms of financial. He's walked with the Lord is good. And he's truly on purpose for his, his vision and his strengths. But if I would have been down that path with him, I would have ultimately been miserable. I can't not be with patients day to day. Like if I, if you said you have to take two weeks off, I would yearn to get back. If I'm off for the weekend or four days because it's a long weekend, I yearn to get back with patients. I just love it so much. And that just wasn't his calling and his purpose. And so again, if you let somebody who you love sometimes influence you to the thing that God's called you to, you can do something out of love and, and respect for them, but you can potentially hurt your calling as well. It's a different conversation, I know. Well, it's, it's very interesting because we know the stats on chiropractors who get in practice and are still in practice after five and even the smaller set stat of people who are thriving and living their dreams. And uh, he's, a, he's an unfortunate statistic for chiropractic, even though he's doing great things and living his life and yeah. that kind of thing. So um, I, I just never had a chance to ask you about him. So yeah. I thought it'd be interesting to kind of broach that subject. Uh, I know that we're up against the clock on today's episode, but you're going to stick with us for another one, correct? I'll do it. All right. Very good. <laughs> and when we come back on the next episode, we want to talk about uh, your effort, uh, your mission inside of this thing called Aligned. Uh, you're a part of a, a new program or a new series of programs that we're very, very excited about. So uh, thank you for joining us today. And folks, we appreciate your attention. And uh, we hope that this uh, episode has inspired and motivated you in some way. And if you've listened in and tuned in, especially to what Dr. Jared was saying, uh, be impossible to not be inspired and motivated. So thanks for that. And we look forward to talking to you next week. And one more thing before we go, if you're a chiropractor who's searching for a better way to build a more sustainable, low stress practice, then you can contact us at amcfamily.com. You can schedule a discovery session, or you can access any of our free content, webinars, podcasts, and the like.